on FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine song. Walking in sunshine, always inside the studio and here on the Watchdog Morning Show every weekday morning from 7 until 10. And we hope that you feel the life is sunny when you are here with us. Also today, it's sunny outside as well. Sunny, high close to 80 before the day is over and done with today. Sunny, mid-70s for much of the rest of the week and through the weekend as well. It's 59 right now at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 57 at the Highlands, 55 in Elm Grove and 57 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Coming up in a minute or two, we'll talk to Rosemary Ketchum, who is the third ward councilwoman in the city of Wheeling, but would like to be mayor. And she made that announcement official yesterday. We've known for some time that she was going to run. That's been a, kind of an open secret, but now it's a, it's a non, no longer secret. Now it's all open. We'll talk about that, uh, that mayor's race with her coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. The uh, phone lines are open for you to use at 304-232-8255, the Frio Stack Auction Service phone line, or the Frio Stack Auction Service text line at uh, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Much of our show this morning has been devoted to a, a, a social media post that Bubba's Burgers up at uh, the Highlands, uh, a nice fine restaurant up there, uh, posted uh, saying, look, we business has been slow. How can how can we be better? What can we do to improve? We don't want to go away. We're not quitting. We're not closing up. We're going to stay here forever. But we need, we need some advice. And so you have been giving advice. Bob and I have been giving advice. They, over 700 people offered comments on the social media page. That, so that's a very positive kind of thing. Uh, and we spent most of our time talking about that. Now, I was thinking this morning, Bob, probably get a letter from someone saying that, uh, you know, who cares about Bubba's Burgers and this is why you guys are no good because you uh, uh, you, you don't understand what's important in the Ohio Valley. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of expecting that, you know. And we've got a couple of crappy texts, too. But I've, I've already sentenced these guys who text on, texted in the way I didn't like it. I've sentenced them to the pit. Now, not the pit of hell. I just mean like a big pit in the ground where I want them to eat dog food. That's um, is that is that harsh of me? Well, it's better than... Spitting on them and punching them, Howard. We'll just put them in the pit. Yeah, I was going to spit on them first and ask you to punch them for me, but uh, yeah, okay, we'll put a put them in the pinch, put them in the pit, and have them uh, have meat dog food. So if you want to offer your text, and you can criticize, that's okay. I'll just put you in the put you in the pit with the uh, with the other guys this morning. Coming up today at noon, uh, it's the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show. Donnie will be here from noon until three, as he always is, with all kinds of good. Uh, information and conversation. Uh, Nelson Croft will be in from the Animal Shelter. Going to be talking about um, what else? The uh, the comedian comes in from uh, Wheeling Island Hotel. Oh, those guys are good. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of uh, stuff coming up today. Donnie from noon until three, 
Um, and we pro- and then the Pine Room guys are not on today, but they're here most afternoons with us. That's my other great idea, Howard. I mean, it, it works for Gumby's oh, and Jill's. You, yeah. It works for the Crooked Dock. Why not have the Pine Room podcast up there a day or two through the week? And that would drum up some business, wouldn't it? And they pro- if they don't, they probably could be selling Pine Room lager up there. They'd be broadcasting right on the corner, encouraging everybody, come on in here. You come mean stand on, on the corner in Winslow, Arizona? Oh, no, that was something different. I did that on the vacation. I'm talking about the corner of Menards and played against sports. You know, come on over this way. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. The Pine Room guys are always, I'm sure, available for, uh, <laughs> you know, for uh, what was that line that Duggar used to use? Uh, stage screen, eight millimeter home movies <laughs> and bar mitzvahs, something like that. Now, the Pine Room guys, uh, yeah, that's actually in all, that's actually not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Are you listening, Bubba? Have the Pine Room guys come up, get the Pine Room logger available. That could work. That'd have to be during the Pine Room show. It could, they could do their own, you know, they do their own thing all over the time. So. Guys, it, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll work it into their schedule. You know, they've they got a pickleball tournament coming up. Those guys got it all. They, every time you turn around, they're doing something. And we are proud, and I mean this sincerely, we are, we are. proud to have the uh, Pine Room podcast guys part of our program. Pine Room podcast, of course, every Friday live from Gumby's. Um, sponsored by Gumby's and our good friends at Jill's Gentleman's Club from noon until 3. It kicks off our Friday sports uh, weekend. The Pine Room Podcast every Friday live from Gumby's. I believe it's Gumby's in Elm Grove this week uh, from noon until 3. As I say, sponsored by Gumby's and by Jill's Gentleman's Club. Uh, and then when that's done, we come back into the studio with the Matt Jones pre-owned walkthrough, Matt Jones pre-owned auto uh, walkthrough from 3 to 5 o'clock. And then on uh, Friday night, Bob, we got a couple of games here. We do, Howard. We have uh, John Marshall traveling to Parkersburg to take on Parkersburg South. You can hear all the action on WVLY, uh, 7 o'clock kickoff. And Pittsburgh Obama travels to Wheeling University to take on Wheeling Central. That game is also at 7 o'clock, and you can catch all the action on WKKX AM and FM. And don't forget, uh, if you cannot listen off the air, you can always listen online. Or if you have relatives out of town and want to hear little Johnny because he's playing on the team, or if you have... uh, if you're traveling someplace and can't catch the game, or you have a, f- friends who are alumni of the schools, JM or Central, you can always listen at watchdognetwork.com, WKKX for the Central game, WVOI for the uh, John Marshall game every Friday. Catch them, and you can use TuneIn Radio as well. 9.15 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. This is going to be a real... <laughs> when we kick into political gear here in the near future, Bob, I, this is going to be... Such a busy season for us. We have already spent so much of our time in the last six months talking about the U.S. Senate race, Joe Manchin, Jim Justice. We've talked about the governor's race. You've got four candidates still in the race for the governor. Republican nomination, you got Steve Williams, who was with us earlier this week, running as a Democratic nominee. Uh, we've got all of those things. And it, this is going to be a really important city council and mayor's race in the city of Wheeling. And it's just now beginning to take shape. Denny Magruder, the first one to announce running for the mayor's job. Denny Magruder, former head of the Greater Wheeling Sports Entertainment Authority. He's now running for mayor. And uh, officially, as of last night, Rosemary Ketchum has officially tossed her hat into the ring. We will talk to her coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. 
don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Get 11% off everything at Menards. For over 60 years, Menards has been the one-stop shop for post-frame buildings. Whether it's protecting equipment, livestock, or you just need a place to keep your toys, Menards has a post-frame building for you. Design your post-frame building and save 11% at Menards. There's no limit to what you can save. Good through September 24th, savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at the NFL is in full swing. College football is underway. High school rivalries are back. And the boys of summer are still swinging their bats. It is a great time of the year to be talking sports. And we are giving you one more way to do it. The good old boys on sports with Baron Bob. Join Baron Bob Saturday mornings at 8 for sports coverage, conversation, and your calls. The good old boys on sports with Baron Bob. Now part of the all sports Saturday mornings only on the Watchdog. Whether you're a homeowner, do-it-yourselfer, or professional contractor, the Flooring Center is your trusted partner. With our expert designers, professional installers, and massive inventory of luxury waterproof flooring, carpet, tile, hardwood, backsplash, cabinets, and countertops, no project is too tough to handle. From the first consultation to the final installation, we're there with you every step of the way. The Flooring Center, centered around you. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Oh, play me some mountain music like Grandma and Grandpa used to play. Then I'll float on down the river. Every Thursday, as always, country music, bumper music here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 9, 18, 18 after the hour, 59 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 57 at the Highlands, 55 in Elm Grove, and 57 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. We have talked uh, several times this week and uh, briefly over the last couple of months about the upcoming elections in the city of Wheeling. The uh, mayor's race is going to be an interesting one. Mayor Elliott cannot run for uh, re-election. He's term limited, so that's an open seat. Uh, and because a couple of current council people are likely to be running, uh, there's going to be a couple of council seats open. Wheeling Council has been pretty consistent in the approach they've taken over the last number of years, really the last two elections. A couple of folks have changed in those, but over the last couple of elections, there's been a pretty strong direction that this council has taken us in under Mayor Elliott's leadership. And my my concern is that we could see, and I think we've done extremely well. I think the city has moved forward tremendously in the last number of years. And my concern is that um, after this election, if things aren't, if we the people aren't careful, we could see a real change in direction, and I don't know that we necessarily want to see that. That's my opinion. You certainly can disagree with me, and many of you will. Uh, with that in mind, we're going to be following this race for the mayor and for council seats pretty closely. And we had Denny Magruder on when he first officially announced. As of last night, Rosemary Ketchum, third ward councilwoman, is now officially in the race. 
And it's kind of been an open secret for a while that she was going to run. Now she's made it an, uh, uh, a completely not secret. It's just open now. Rosemary, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Apparently I'm, I'm bad at keeping secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we, I mean, part of what we do here is keep our eyes, ears to the ground. And that certainly was, was uh, we heard a lot about your, your, your interest, let's put it that way. I am curious, though, because obviously you have been thinking about this and planning for this and preparing for this to run for mayor. Uh, and now, as of last night, you stood before a crowd of people at Center Market and you said, I'm in. How do you feel this morning? Are you anxious? Are you worried? Are you nervous? Are you excited? How do you feel after now? sort of making it clear this is what you're going to do? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel really excited. You know, we didn't, as you mentioned, make this decision overnight. This is something, you know, we mulled over and considered for a long period of time. And, you know, I, uh, I'm at heart a team player. And so I wanted to make sure that I spoke to as many folks that, as I could, uh, not only to get their preliminary support, but also kind of dig into the things that they would want a mayor to focus on uh, in 2024. And so when I felt that I had built up enough confidence and had enough conversations, I thought we need to make this decision. Um, and I think we made the right one. It is going to be an interesting race. Uh, Denny Magruder is in the race. Uh, he's going to represent a somewhat different approach, certainly, I think, than you will present. We'll talk about what you want to do in a minute here. Uh, there are others who might be in the race, including perhaps your current colleague, Chad Thalman, who's the vice mayor and has indicated he might want to run for mayor. And I think there are some other unknown names out there that are likely to get into this as well. So it's going to be a really interesting race. It's going to be, Rosemary, I think, and I'd like to know if you agree with me, in a sense, a an election that determines what the next stage of wheeling development is. Do we continue along with the road that I think we've been well traveling right now, or is there going to be a turn of direction? I think you're right. I think this is a watershed election, and I'm, I'm grateful for your perspective. I agree that this city council and the one prior really set a tone of progress and momentum, and that is what we need to continue. There are also issues that I think have fallen by the wayside or that have not been picked up or that have not been a priority of this council and previous councils. And these are some issues that I think we really need to uh, drive home and, and double down on. Some of those issues include uh, blight and preservation. That has been a priority. Um, but vacant property cleanup, while key, I think is missing the mark on some uh, on some level. We have an incredible historic landmarks commission, and I've worked with people in building preservation. And if we want to get people to move to Wheeling, we should probably give them really great architecture and not just a vacant lot. And so, being able to balance uh, uh, vacant property cleanup, blight, and preservation is going to be very key. One of the other issues, and we can get to, into this later, is homelessness. I mean, that's an issue we really only started to address in the last half of this administration. Um, and that is an issue that will, I think, be top of mind uh, of residents in this 2024 election. You know, uh, well, I want to talk about both of those. Definitely want to get into homelessness. And, you know, look, I'm an old man. I'm an old guy. And the idea of historical buildings somehow being a draw for people to come to town passed me by for a long time. I just didn't get it, you know. I mean, okay, you look, you, you get a job, you get a house, blah, 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 blah. But I have seen the results of this. I have seen people, I have talked to people, as you do much more than I do, who say, I came to town because you have the historical buildings, because I can either get into a building that's already historically renovated or I can do it myself. The, those things become attractions 
for, I guess it's probably a younger, but maybe not just, just younger, they become attractions for people to come to town. Well, this is true. I think, I think when we live here long enough, we kind of take for granted the natural landscape around us. Um, but there are countless stories of people. I, I know uh, two sisters from Pasadena, California, that moved to Wheeling uh, about a year and a half ago for our architecture. They said, this is a city where we can have a high quality of life, a low cost of living, and live in a Victorian building. I mean, that doesn't happen everywhere. And I do think we take for granted some of the beauty we have here in the city. Um, but if we you know, tear down every building that has broken windows and has been vacant for many years um, without considering what might be able to be salvaged or saved or rehabilitated, I think we're really um, doing future harm uh, to the potential of tourism, but also property development. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I might be. You're putting your money where your mouth is in the sense that you actually are renovating a building yourself. This is true. Yeah, I've been running on this idea that we need to be uh, uh, balancing preservation and demolition. And I did. I decided to buy an old Victorian home about a year and a half ago, and I've been documenting the process of, of renovating it. And it is a lot of work. This is not for the faint of heart. Um, but I, as a person um, who never thought that I'd be able to buy a home of my own, you know, in the city of Wheeling, that's possible. I bought my house for 60000 bucks, and I've been able to, to invest in it. And that, that doesn't happen everywhere, but it can happen here in South Wheeling, and it can happen throughout the city of Wheeling. It can happen anywhere. My youngest son uh, had been renting in Woodsdale for a long time, he and his family, and they loved mm. Woodsdale, and he wanted to stay in Woodsdale. And quite frankly, buying current homes in Woodsdale was just out of his price range. But he came across a piece of property that was needed a lot of work, and so he bought it and spent two or three years. Uh, unfortunately, he bought it right before the pandemic, so he was working on it during the <laughs> pandemic. But he spent several years uh, you know, doing all the work himself and getting people to come in, and uh, he's got the home that he always wanted at a price that he could afford. That's what this whole concept works for. And you're right. it's not. We may see, see it in certain areas like South Wheeling and elsewhere, but I think it's, you can find those little gems anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I think one of the things that fascinates me is that we are seeing this urban sprawl occur in every large city in America, and particularly during the pandemic when folks could work anywhere with Wi-Fi, they decided, you know, I can live anywhere too, and uh, we want Wheeling to be the place that people choose rather than choosing to live across the river or someplace uh, with a lower uh, a co- a quality of life and a higher cost of living. We want them here in the city of Wheeling, and I think we're on our, on our way to make that happen. Rosemary, I got a text off our uh, Frio Stack auction service text line a day or two ago when I mentioned you were going to be on, and uh, they said, "Well, what has she done for the city? You know what? I mean, what? What? All right, all right. She seems like a nice person, but what has she? What has she really done? What kind of development has occurred? What kind of of success has she, Rosemary Ketchum, had as a councilwoman? So I'll ask you that question. I love to answer this question. So I've been serving for about three and a half years now. Uh, and we hit the ground running. You know, you know better than anybody. We were the underdog candidate. People did not expect us to get to work so quickly and get some things done and make really make good on the promises that we made. So really quickly, you know, we addressed homelessness in a very serious way, um, in a very controversial way, frankly. We uh, created an unprecedented position in homeless liaison uh, through Melissa Adams, which was a really, I think, key and critical opportunity for the city to get involved to address homelessness. We're not there yet, obviously. You can't solve a crisis like homelessness in three years, but we have made uh, decades worth of effort in just three years. And I'm really grateful and excited for that as we have conversations about a low barrier shelter. One of the other things that mattered to me uh, was small business. 
really honing in on what it looked like to improve uh, the experience of our small businesses and the experiences of what it looks like to start a small business in the city of Wheeling. Um, and we started with Center Market. Center Market is one of our most incredible gems. It's the oldest cast iron market house in the country. And so we reactivated the Center Market Commission. And just on just on Tuesday, we were able to secure almost $400,000 um, through the finance committee that will ultimately come to council um, for additional improvements to our, uh, our center market, and I'm hopeful that that money will come through. Um, we also were able um, to pass various pieces of legislation related to economic development. One that I'm most proud of is the Upper Floor Development Program. So throughout the city of Wheeling, folks will say, why are all of our buildings vacant? And unless you're involved, it's hard to recognize. One of the biggest issues that we've had uh, is regarding fire suppression. Yep. You know, uh, fire code has changed uh, drastically in the past 30 years for the better. We want to keep people safe. But if you're, uh, you know, maybe a, a freshman or an amateur property developer, you don't expect to be hit with a $250,000, <laughs> you know, fire suppression uh, uh, development cost. And so we uh, developed this program to help offset some of those uh, costs. So that when you do buy a building, you not only have to worry about the development of your first floor, but you can have support and help for the upper floor. Um, uh, those are pieces of legislation in addition to countless others that we were able to work on uh, in collaboration or, frankly, by myself, um, leading them up. And, and those are things that we're really proud of. I, I hear frequently people will mention a particular building and they'll say, well, why doesn't somebody do something with that? And I say, well, stop and ask yourself, what's it cost to do, quote, to do something with that? And it's not just buying the building. You know, sometimes that's the easy part. Mm -hmm. It's it's then how do you renovate it, bring it up to code? How do you deal with the mm -hmm. fire suppression issues? Uh, it's an expensive proposition, especially if you're talking about a large building anymore. Uh, it's 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 a very expensive proposition. I, I wish it was as simple as saying, let's just do it. But it's not that mm -hmm. simple. Yeah, we have buildings in, uh, you know, I live uh, about a, a 300 feet away from Cooey Bent. You know, and folks love Cooey Bent, and they're so you know, interested in its potential, uh, but it's really a difficult project. Uh, maybe not for a, a multi-million dollar developer, but if we wanted somebody local to take it on, it feels almost insurmountable. Um, and that's why cities like Wheeling can step in and provide this kind of economic development support um, uh, for these projects. Because again, people come to Wheeling to see these beautiful buildings and to talk about our history and to really dive into what Wheeling not only used to be, but will be in the future. Uh, and without these structures and without, you know, opportunity to develop them, uh, I think we're, we're going to miss the mark there. You know, we could just bring Santa Claus back to Cooey Benson and everything would be good again. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love it. Rosemary, the, um, you mentioned the issue of homelessness. I wasn't sure when the homeless liaison position was created exactly what it was going to do or if it was going to be successful. I thought for a long period of time Alyssa has, has really done a good job. I am somewhat, to be honest with you, stuck on this Life Hub concept, though. Are you supportive of this Life Hub idea? So your uh, perception is correct. The position has changed and evolved, and I think correctly. You know, we uh, just, you know, when she was hired, I believe it was November 21, uh, when, when that position was created, uh, Glenn and myself and uh, some social service agencies built this job description, uh, hoping that we knew what the city needed. And Melissa got on the ground and said, here are some of the issues that I see. And one of the primary issues was a low-barrier shelter. And so, you know, we have shelters in the city of Wheeling, but many of them, uh, they have curfews, and they say you, can, you have to leave by 
7 a.m. and you have to be back in by 6 p.m. Um, or, or whatever. And, and that works for them, and, and often those beds are filled. Um, but they often have a high barrier, meaning that, you know, a person might not be able to use drugs or they might not uh, uh, be uh, willing, able to have a criminal background to access those services. And in a perfect world, that would work. But we have plenty of people, as folks know, who are homeless, who do have criminal backgrounds, who are using drugs or alcohol, but yet still need a place to stay. And so uh, the idea of a, of a low-barrier shelter is really key to pull people off of our streets, to give them a bed, to give them a meal, to make sure that they have access to resources so that we can get them into housing. I think that's the primary goal of the Life Hub. Some of the other details I think we do need to work out as a council to figure out you know, what we might fund. Um, again, the Life Hub is not necessarily a city council project. Right. Um, it, is a, it is a private project that we could fund through this board. Um, and I'm really interested. It's something we need, whether it happens <laughs> where it happens or it's funded the way we, people think it should be funded. Nobody disagrees on the fact that we need a low-barrier shelter. Is this and, uh, is this is this the right location for that though, in your opinion? Well, in my opinion, uh, I think that it is a location uh, uh, that is convenient for social services and for the homeless community. We've had conversations about you know uh, proximity to other homeless shelters. We have two right across the street um, that serve different populations. We have the uh, Helping Heroes Shelter that will serve the veteran population and the Northwood Health System Shelter uh, that primarily will serve folks that have um, severe mental illness. Um, this other shelter will host um, a, a group of other people that have mixed demographics. Um, I think that the space itself is really good and will be fit for the for the um, uh, the mission. There will be an addition to that space, as proposed by Melissa Adams, onto that uh, parking lot, which we'll all be very excited to see. What I will say, Howard, is that we haven't yet received a formal proposal, and so it's hard for me to be able to say this is what we should do and this is what I would support um, because we haven't received that formal proposal for funding yet. Um, but as soon as that comes down the pike, then we'll be able to make a decision. It is purely my opinion, and I'm not running for anything. So, <laughs> but uh, I think that the the idea of it is a, a, a location for social services and a touchstone for uh, homeless uh, who need uh, help, assistance, whatever is great. I, I'm leery about having homeless, having a homeless shelter or whatever phrase you want to use, homeless people actually living, you know, right next door to Independence Hall. I'm concerned about what kind of problems that might create uh, for, for the city. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not the location of a homeless facility but it's the homeless shelter that concerns me but i'm not running so that's just yeah you know, that's just one, my one thing i will say is management is key and so i think in the history of wheeling we've seen homeless uh, uh organizations and or uh homeless shelters uh not managed very well and so it it, it kind of compounds the issues that we're experiencing and my hope is that this will be a very sophisticated uh uh, uh process and so it will be highly managed in a way that I think will um, remove some of those fears. But I understand. I think I think it is important to be thoughtful and cautious as we move forward. Rosemary, uh, one of the things that has helped work the city work well in the last couple of years has been that council, in general, not always, but in general, tends to work together. There seems to be a a, a consensus of concept of where the city needs to go. And there's always a few objections and there's always some arguments, but it, it seems to be a fairly cohesive body. One of the concerns I have is, as you run for mayor, that means your seat will be up for grabs. Chad Thalman may or not run for mayor, but he's already told us on this show that he will not be running for re-election. 
which means at least two seats are going to be up for grabs in addition to the mayor's seat. Um, and I have a suspicion at least one of the council members may not run for re-election. So the complexion of council could change as well as the mayor's position could change. And again, I think we all have to be very cognizant of that. We could be seeing a totally different direction depending on who gets into those positions. That is correct. Um, and I, you know, I have a couple thoughts here. I think a healthy democracy is a, a democracy that changes and evolves. And I don't want to see any council member or any mayor serve for, you know, dozens and dozens of years. I think we need to make sure that we're uh, pulling more folks in to the civic and democratic process. Um, I also think that the way elections are typically run, they're typically very selfishly run. You know, a candidate focuses on just their race and their race alone. Um, but we're trying to do that differently. You know, um, I've worked with West Virginia Can't Wait for many years, and they build slates uh, of candidates to run for different offices. And I've been recruiting folks to run for Ward 3. I think that's really important that I not create a vacuum as I run for city council. And I hope that if Mayor, uh, if Vice Mayor Thalman decides to run for um, uh, mayor uh, and, and his seat is vacated, or if he doesn't run for re-election, um, that we're able to find somebody really good in Warwood to run. Um, I think that's valuable. I think that's key. I'd love to see younger faces and, and uh, engaged people and decide to throw their hat in the ring. So um, uh, don't you worry. We're definitely thinking about who will fill these seats as we as we move on to, uh, to different offices. Rosemary, I had not intended to even ask about this, but uh, the, the intelligencer touched on this when they did your story. Uh, you are a transgender person and mm -hmm. transgender woman now and um that was a, 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 a it was a spotlighted item when you first took office uh, first uh, transgender person in west virginia and so on I, I i obviously that plays an important part in your life but to what extent does that play a part in your public life or d does it at all i think it's a fascinating question because when i was first elected it 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 was really uh, a kind of an, a, a hot topic, and people spoke about it a lot. And then they said, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. we, we, we saw the bright lights and the big headlines, but what now? Um, and we're so excited to have made other pieces of history re related to the legislation that we're passing around paving and blight cleanup. And so it's really no longer a conversation, which is so grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful for uh, because we can focus on the work. And so, uh, yes, we are interested in making history, but we're interested in making history regarding the momentum that we're building here in the city of Wheeling and, and the unprecedented legislation we're able to pass, again, related to paving, related to alleys, related to blight cleanup, uh, and hopefully related to the small business support that we're able uh, to create for our community. I think I mentioned in my remarks last night um, that, you know, uh, it is a mandate to do diff things differently here in West Virginia. Uh, our population um, has uh, not increased since 1950. Uh, and whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, it is a mandate that we are not doing something right. And uh, if Wheeling can do anything, we can do it differently. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm excited to, to have those conversations as we as we move forward in this election. Yeah, I, I, I have to concur. I, the, the, the concept of, of the transgender issue was big in the beginning, and it really has kind of faded away. I don't hear people talking about it. I don't hear people concerned about it. Uh, it was interesting. Okay, check that off the list. We got that. Um, and now it's just what work are you doing? I have one question. Somebody texted me. Can you ask Rosemary how many votes she received in her last election? 
Yes. So unfortunately, Wheeling has a very low voter turnout, and yeah. we need to work better to pull people in, uh, particularly young people. We have, I think, one of the lowest voter turnouts um, of young people in any other uh, than any other state, and that is really concerning. We received less than a thousand votes, and uh, something I say to a lot of um, community members: uh, we received, we won by fifteen votes. We only won our race by mm-hmm. fifteen votes. And so when I talk to folks who say, "Yeah, I might vote in an election, but is it really going to matter?" Or, you know, it feels corrupted or rigged anyway. And I said, well, maybe we can have that conversation about the Electoral College. But when it comes to a local election, every single vote matters. And so had I knocked on 15 fewer doors or made 15 fewer phone calls, I would not have been elected to this seat. And that's why we're going to work really hard to canvas, to door knock, to phone bank, uh, and to earn this uh, 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 this election because uh, the city of Wheeling deserve a champion and 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 we want to be that. It, it really is important. Every vote does count. In the last election, uh, both Vice Mayor Thalman and Mayor Elliott himself uh, had really tough races. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, those races could easily have gone the other ways. So, as you say, if you don't knock on two more doors, do you lose two more votes? And is that enough to lose an election? So it's going to be incumbent upon all of you guys and gals that are running for office to really, you know, if, if you want to win, you got, you got to work hard for every single vote. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the I, I, last thing I'll say is that I'm so excited that this will be a competitive race. Rural communities like Wheeling uh, and other cities in West Virginia, they rarely see competitive local races um, because people are just not as civically engaged as they used to be. Uh, and that's changing, and I think that's changing for the better because people are recognizing the momentum and they want to get involved. And so I, I always recommend folks throw their hat in the ring because that, that is what makes a lively and engaged community, um, and that's what makes a good government. And I, I think this is going to be an important race, and I think it's going to be a, uh, not difficult, it's not the word I want to use, but competitive. It's going to be a very competitive race. Mayor and council seats, so uh, we'll be following it very closely, and uh, the public needs to be paying attention as well. Rosemary, appreciate your time this morning. Good luck on the uh, on the race, and we'll probably be talking much more as time goes by. I hope so. Thanks, Howard. Thanks a lot, Rosemary Ketchum, third ward councilwoman. She made it official last night. It was. I mean, most people who pay attention to the political scene around here, had heard that she was interested in running, was considering running. She'd been uh, talking to people about whether they would support her or not. I, I know that. So um, uh, she made it official last night uh, at a, a center wheeling event. Uh, nice group of younger folks. Uh, most of them were younger folks. Probably, Bob, folks you and I don't know, you know? Probably not. That's, uh, that's I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that's going to happen here. We're going to find real, I don't want to say divisions, but... There's niches of people are going to have different different support from different places, which can make these really interesting races. All right, I'm behind time, 18 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is time for uh, Taylor Long. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 21st. History was made yesterday as both sides of the river are saying having another bridge connecting West Virginia and Ohio will help with travel, business, and so much more. Yesterday brought not only communities from both sides of the river together, but also public figures far and wide who have been with the citizens to see this process through. One of those being West Virginia Governor Jim Justice, who of course began by introducing everyone to Baby Dog, but also acknowledging the people who put so much time and effort into making the bridge happen. He said he could go through and thank all the dignitaries in attendance, but he really had one group of people he wanted to commend. Governor Justice did mention that Ohio Governor Mike DeWine was hoping to attend, but found out he had COVID and is recovering at home. The bridge will officially open to traffic at 9 this morning.
And spanning the length of the bridge yesterday was a variety of activities like food vendors, live music, and a car show, as well as a parade. People were even walking from one side of the bridge to the other, amazed they could get to Brilliant or Wellsburg in just minutes. The Brook High School Marching Band, along with the Buckeye Local Marching Band, performed to celebrate a day many people have been looking forward to for decades. The Wellsburg Chamber of Commerce was also there selling commemorative coins that had the bridge on one side and the state of Ohio and West Virginia on the other. And Hancock County deputies say they arrested a man after a search warrant was executed on Tuesday. Officials say the warrant happened on Kings Creek Road in Weirton and that the search was because of an investigation into stolen property and the manufacturing of explosive material. During the investigation, Anthony Reed of Weirton was taken into custody on pending warrants for providing false information to law enforcement, interference with an investigation and possession of stolen property. Reed was taken to the Northern Regional Jail. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Ready for your next adventure? Then head on into your local Toyota dealer, where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense, or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Save 11% on Menard's unbeatable selection of Atlas roofing products. Castlebrook, Briarwood, and Pinnacle Shingles feature a limited lifetime warranty, up to 130 mile per hour wind warranty, and a super wide design for fast installation. Protect your home for years to come and save 11% on all Atlas shingles right now at Menard's. Good through September 24th, savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. You give your hand to me And then you say hello And I can hardly speak my heart is beating so, and anyone can tell. You think you know me well, but you don't know me. 
Well, I don't think that can be my theme song. I, I just lay it all open here we on know the radio you show. <laughs> my wife often says, you know, do you have to tell people everything? Well, I guess the answer is no, I don't. But it just, it's, uh, it's easier that way. You know, I just lay it all out here on the program. 13 to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. 59 at the airport. 57 at the Highlands. 55 uh, in Elm Grove. And 57 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. You know how strange things just pop into your head, Bob? You may not know what I'm talking about, and I have no more than this vague notion, and I'll look it up later. When I was on vacation, did I read that somebody involved in the Kennedy assassination had come out with some new information in the last week or so? There was, and uh, my friend Kurt from Gumby's uh, was the first one that alerted me to that, and I said to him, man, I wish Howard was here because we could really dive into this, but I we'll kind of forgot that. about I, it. Do you have it there? No, I don't have it here, but I, it just, it just, I don't know why it just popped into my head just now. I've been now. telling you for years, Howard, that Lee Harvey didn't act alone. Come I on. I think this was, if I'm, I'm doing this from memory, a Secret Service agent who was there now says that he saw another gunman or something like that? Oh, yeah, they were everywhere, Howard. They, they were everywhere? <laughs> Multiple gunmen all over the place. I'm gonna. I, I I can't remember the detail. I just I, one of those things. I took a quick glance at, and I thought, as you said, I thought, oh, if I was on the air, we'd be It'd be juicy. We'll be delving into. It. Well, I'll have to I'll have to pull that story up and get into it uh, coming up a little bit a uh, little bit later on. Uh, Rosemary Ketchum, the the thing that I keep saying, and I think her interview points this out. In this coming election, Bob, there are going to be two or three different directions of candidates for mayor. Denny Magruder is going to have a different approach to being mayor than Rosemary Ketchum does. Uh, he's going to attract a different group of people than Rosemary Ketchum does. If I could broadly state it, I would say that Rosemary will have a lot of younger, more progressive people, and Denny will have uh, older folks. And there are only two of what I suspect will be at least four, if not more, uh, candidates. So I've said before, and I say it again, this election for mayor, and then we have the council seats that are going to be up for grabs as well, it's going to come down to who's in the race to begin with, and then how do we divide up the electorate of the city, and then what groups of citizens go to the polls to vote. You're exactly right, Howard. It, 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 it's, it's complicated, but what, what keeps coming back to me is this. At 61 years old, I'm trying to call it the way I see it here. I just don't think Wheeling is ready for that yet. I think old school is going to win out because Wheeling is still an old town with old thoughts and ideas. It's changing. The world is changing. Our country is changing. Wheeling's not changing so fast. It's going to come, but I don't think it's there quite yet. See, I, I, I'm even older than you are, so I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I, I kind of subscribe to that. But I have paid close attention in the last, you know, four or five years. There is, and the issue is not what do the people want, but what do the people who go and vote and are active want? And this group of younger citizens, active citizens, historical preservation people, uh, folks who are into the same kinds of things that Rosemary talked about, they're very active. Yeah. How did how did this whole going back uh, two elections ago, Mayor Elliott and that whole slate of candidates got elected because it was the, the, I, I'm using a generic term that may not always be younger, but the younger thinking people did that. So I'm with you. I think that if you go out and I say go go to Kroger and ask people, 
I think you're probably going to have people saying, yeah, Denny Magruder, he'd be a good guy. I like him, too. But I, there's a whole other group of people out there. You said it this morning. You looked at the video coverage of Rosemary's event last night. Yes. You said, I don't know anybody there, right? I don't. Uh, but I Ron did. Scott. I, I think I saw Ron, Ron Scott. Ron Scott was there. I, I, I Ron did. Scott Jr. I did. I didn't know him personally, but I knew them by name and reputation. These are these are parts of that younger group of folks that are very active, very, very active. The question is not who do the citizens want. The question is who do the citizens who are going to go to the polls want. And that, to me, is what makes a huge difference. Yeah, but okay, I vote too. You vote, I vote. And I, t- I, I could have got into a little bit of a quarrel with Rosemary this morning, but again, I, I try to be polite. She's a, she's a guest on the show. There will be time for these issues to pop up. But one of the things that really struck a nerve with me this morning is, I, and I, again, I quote pretty much this, that we can be proud of Wheeling now. I've always been proud of Wheeling. Now, have we had problems? Look outside here now. Look at those roads. You don't think that? You don't think that's a problem? I'm. I've always been proud of Wheeling. I am damn proud of Elm Grove. So I don't like it when somebody tells me, "Well, okay, you can be proud now." Gotcha. What's I, that mean, Howard? I didn't hear that, but I. I if, if that's the, I. 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 I agree with you. I. You know, I've. I've always been proud. Now, but but you know, the reality is there. We've gone through some bad times, but I'm trying to look at this from a from a political analyst point of view. I'm not saying who I think is right or who I support or who I think has the right. I'm saying that it's going to be very, this is going to be a really interesting election because my sense is in the city of Wheeling right now, this younger, more progressive crowd is simply more vocal, more active, and is more likely to vote. And even though there's this image that old people vote, and we do, of course we do, I think a lot of people just sort of sit it out, you know? Well, it's the big deal. Okay, I'll be a caveman here, Howard. Denny Magruder is going to be the next mayor of Wheeling. I don't think anybody can beat him. I said that months ago, and I'll continue to say it. Denny Magruder is going to win the race. I, 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 I cannot begin to make a prediction until I know who all is in the race. Um, and if it's only a two-person race, which will not be, I'm not sure I would take that bet. I'm not sure I would take that bet. But I, but I really expect at least one more, if not two more people to get into the race, maybe even three more people to get into the race. It's not who's the best. It's of the people who are out there who are folks going to vote for. That's that's the key thing. Is that Bob? It is. Mr. Westfall is here uh, from WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? I'm good. We were just talking to uh, Rosemary Ketchum in the last half hour, and we've been discussing. It's going to be a really interesting race coming up for mayor and for the council seats. This is going to be a really big deal over the next year or so. Not year or so. The next, uh, what, eight months, whatever it is, until the, until the election. Really pretty big deal. Right. Absolutely, 100%. Um, it's going to be an interesting race. Um, I'm sure that I I feel pretty confident there are going to be at least one, maybe two or three more candidates into the race before it's all over and done with. And when you have that many candidates into a race for mayor, for example, it's not who's the best, it's who gets the most votes of the people who are out there. Uh, when you start dividing the vote up three or four ways, it makes it makes a big difference as opposed to just you know, two people in the race, so it's going to be interesting. I'm sure that TV7 will be, as we will be, uh, following both the mayor's race and the council races pretty closely up between now and election time, and I think the citizens need to pay close attention to this stuff as well. Right. Um, I think it's the biggest thing. We get phone calls, people wanting things and uh, questioning things, and the first question, one of the first questions is, well, have you talked to council or have you talked to the mayor or you, in any city? Right. And the question is, eh, 
No. Well, let's get involved. Yeah, yeah you got to get involved. Uh, to me, that's going to be the issue with this election. It's not who is a general comment, who do most people support? It's going to be who do the people who choose to go to the polls and vote support and get active support. And that's, that's going to make a big difference. I, that's just... That's just my political analysis at this moment. And again, I, I can't even begin to predict until I see who all is going to be in the race and how that field may, may divvy up. Now, having said that, as a talk show host, good times are coming. I mean, <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of good, good elections coming up, not just the local elections, but the Senate race and the governor's race and the, uh, the attorney general's race. Lots of good stuff coming up politically. And we'll be following them all, as you will be. What are you working on today at the Big Seven? All right, Wellsburg Bridge opens for traffic. First vehicles will be passing through uh, here shortly. Is that what they're calling it, Bob? Well, is that official? The Wellsburg uh, Bridge? Uh, nothing's official till they vote on it uh, in the legislature. Okay. So that's what most people are calling it. So that's what we're going to call it. Okay. Uh, so it is the Wellsburg Bridge as of now. Um, like I said, um, uh, it's got to be voted on by the legislature, um, and they they don't meet again until the first of the year. So. Um, so we're calling it the Wellsburg Bridge. Um, so anyway, first traffic uh, is crossing the bridge uh, today, so we're up there for that. Taylor Long is there as we speak. And Bob, uh, has, there, we'll has somebody been has somebody been designated to be the first person to cross the bridge, or is it going to be a free for all? No. It's whoever's in line. It's, okay. Yeah. It's, okay. It's open for traffic. Uh, so uh, she has already talked to the gentleman's parked waiting for on the Western side, waiting to cross. Really? <laughs> waiting to cross the river. So, okay. Um, so anyway, we've got that today, so we're going to do that. Uh, Marshall County Chamber is holding their state of Marshall County today. Uh, several speakers, uh, Doug Harrison, uh, Jennifer Rorick, several people were speaking there. Um, Superintendent Haynes is out there as well. There's four or five speakers. Uh, Rebecca uh, Little is covering that today. So we'll have an update on that, on things are going to Marshall County. Um, we've got that today. East Richland uh, Schools. A Christian school in uh, St. Clair, so in Belmont County, received a Thomas Edison Award. Only one of 48 schools crossing the start of uh, start across start across yeah start across <laughs> the entire state of Ohio, uh, receiving that award. So we're out there talking to the teachers, the principal on that. Uh, quite an honor. Um, so we'll have that on uh, one of only two schools in our area. The other school being uh, Steubenville Catholic Central. Uh, so we'll have that today. Uh, Mountaineer Food Bank is having a delivery uh, is uh, having a food giveaway today uh, down at Four Seasons Park. So we'll be down there covering that. And the big thing today is pressure dealing with uh, Gerald Jaco and the plea uh, in that murder case um, uh, from earlier in the week. Um, so we will have that. We will probably we'll be live streaming that on our website uh, and Facebook. Um, so that'll be at 2:30. Colin Roos is covering that today. Lots of good stuff coming up. Check it all out on air at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the statewide show. Always at the award-winning website, WTRF.com. And on your smartphone or tablet, you have Channel 7 in your pocket if you have the Storm Tracker 7 app and the news app set for push notifications. Bob, we will talk to you again tomorrow to put a wraps on the week. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Bob Westfall from the Big 7 WTRF TV. So some guy's sitting up there waiting. To, <laughs> he's waiting. been here all night. He's, he came, came last night, like, waiting in line for tickets to go see I don't know who. Uh, he's, he's been waiting to get to get across that bridge. Uh, tomorrow, I'm hoping McCabe will be here. He and I have not talked for several weeks, so hopefully our regular Friday roundtable, uh, the travel show, of course. And I was making an effort to try and track down Bill Elenfeld and get him on this morning, but the when I sent an email to his uh, 
staff who schedules him. It came back. I'm out of the office. Get call me on Tuesday or something. So I don't know if we'll, I don't know if I can work out with Bill Gillenthal or not. But we'll we will see. We'll give it a try. In the meantime, it's time for me to say sayonara. See you. Bye bye. Farewell. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Kerchival is up next. Slider and I back tomorrow morning, seven o'clock, into the go around of the big gig. Until then, you have yourself a great Thursday. And people are crazy. Said I fought two wars, been married and divorced. 98.1 AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.